0: Welcome back to the Score Sports Podcast. On this podcast, Lane Frank with an episode Winch 39 from the road. Everybody, back here on the road, out in Paris, out in Europe. Maybe we'll talk a little soccer in this episode, but just for this week, and then we'll be back in our regular scored Sports studios next week. But on this episode, we'll be talking a lot about the NFL, college football, action pack weeks we had there, a little NBA, and obviously our MLB playoffs predictions. So let's hop into it. Episode Winch 39. Stay tuned. So let's start off episode 139, how we always do with the headlines in the NBA. Obviously not too much news in the NBA right now. We saw Damon Lillard trade. We broke that down on last week's episode. This week's episode, training camp starting. Sixers are out in Colorado right now. It's interesting for their training camp. Center around them, James Harden, that whole entire situation. Is he going to be a Sixers player the beginning of the season or is he going to be on the Clippers, another team? That's really the main headline going around the NBA right now. So that's really about it for news in the NBA headlines right now. Let's move <laughs> to the NFL. we an action-packed. Week number four, they kicked it off with the Lions on Thursday night football, taking down the Green Bay Packers' dominant performance by David Montgomery. Jameer Gibbs didn't get too much action, but David Montgomery, Jared Goff, Dan Campbell, they know how to put a game together. They got a great win over their division rivals, Green Bay Packers, what a win that is for you right there. Jacksonville Jaguars, they went up against the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday out here in London, just like I am in Europe. What a win that was for them, getting back on track 2-2 two two right now. Jackson-Jaguars, good week one win they had, and then kind of struggled after that. Losing to the Chiefs, losing to the Texans. Now you're back on track, winning against the Falcons. They're 2-2. Two and two. Jaguars, 2-2. Two and two. Another game, Bills versus Dolphins. I thought this had potential to be game of the week. Bills really denied all that. They kind of blew Dolphins out of the water the whole entire game, everybody. What a win that was to the Bills right there over the Miami Dolphins, kind of crushing them. Tua to Valoa played decent. The offense was... Decent for the Miami Dolphins. I will say that Devon H. Chain had two touchdowns, kind of carrying off his performance from last week. Good for fantasy football guys like me. Bad for actual NFL head coaches like Mike McDaniel. What a win that is right there for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Great connection. They had many touchdowns. Great connection that was right there. Bills win over Miami Dolphins. Denver Broncos finally get their first win of the season. Let's break it down a little bit. Chicago Bears really let this one go. It was more the Bears letting this one go than the Broncos winning this one. Bears shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Justin Fields got off to a hot start and everyone's saying, hey, this is the great Justin Fields we have back. The reality was they're going up against the worst defense in the NFL and the never Broncos, and they played well in the first half, and then they crumbled in the second half. Bears, maybe the worst offense in the NFL. Not really much of an argument right now. Justin Fields has just looked horrible outside of that one good half. Broncos get a win finally. Sean Payton era starts out in Denver one and three. Let's see how they can build off that. Titans they got a good win this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Kind of shocking. It's been right there they won that game so dominantly. Twenty-seven to three is dominant. And this is a Titans team that I think is oh so good. I think they don't have anything outside of Derrick Henry. I don't love what Ryan Tannehill is anymore. And they won that game. And they won that game convincingly. So now I'm worried for the Cincinnati Bengals. Is Zach Taylor's fault? Is Zach Taylor? A top 10 head coach in the NFL? I don't think so. Is he a top 15 the head coach in the NFL? Probably not. Top 20? That's a debate. And top 25? Some people are questioning it, everybody. Is Zach Taylor the right man to lead the Cincinnati Bengals team? I don't know the answer to that anymore. You could have said that he was the worst coach in the NFL before that Super Borgon. Maybe he's just rounding off that right now, everybody. But when you think about it, he does have two conference championship game appearances. Got to go off that right now. But still, things don't change soon. Zach Taylor may be out of a job for the Cincinnati Bengals. Minnesota Vikings, they finally got their first one of the season against the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young struggling early in his NFL career, but someone who isn't struggling early in the NFL career is his former competitor in college, you could say, number two overall pick, CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud really didn't expect this out of him. They had been balling out. Demiko Ryan's he's looked like a great head coach, early candidate, early front runner for coach of the year in the NFL. CJ Stroud, you have been amazing so far, in my opinion. So, yeah, CJ Stroud, good start for him. 384 yards in the second NFL game, and then two wins after that. So yeah, they're rolling right now after winning against the Steelers, Texans, and CJ Stroud on a roll as we speak. Las Vegas Raiders, they lost another close one, the Los Angeles Chargers, and this can all be pinned on Josh McDaniels. You have a great running back, Josh Jacobs. You have a rookie quarterback, and A.N. O'Connell making his first career start against this Los Angeles Chargers pretty good defense. Go up against the defensive head coach, Amber Ann Staley. So what are you going to do? It's first and goal from about the five-yard line. Let's throw it. Let's not run it with our all-world, all-amazing running back, Josh Jacobs. They decided to throw it with a Ricky Aiden O'Connell first career start. And guess what happens? He throws an interception. So, yeah, tough right there. But the Raiders, Josh McDaniels, questions starting to be asked. Is he the right man for the job? I certainly don't think so. Leave your answer on that in the comments. Patriots, they had another rough game, losing badly to Dallas Cowboys. And this one was more just the offense not playing well. Offense gave up two touchdowns. Offense gave up more than two turnovers. Not much... Defense more for Bill Belichick. Might be time to look into a rookie quarterback for next season. I heard Caleb Williams, Joel Klatt said that he's the best right arm in football outside of football. That's at Patrick Romes. And that might be right. Caleb Williams is amazing. Shador Sanders, he comes out this year. He's amazing. Michael Peggs Jr., he's great out of Washington. And there's a guy at Michigan named J.J. McCarthy, who they don't let spin the rock that much, but he's great. So Patriots, maybe start looking at other options outside of Mac Jones after this season. For the Chiefs, they barely edged out a win on Sunday Night Football. That's all you do. It's a gritty New York Jets team. They have great defense. And the quarterback finally played well. Zach Wilson finally played well for them. Even, not even well, you could say. Decent for them. So outside of a strong first quarter for the Kansas City Chiefs, they went up 17-0. They only win this game 23-20. Let's see what they can do against a real contender in the NFL. Not saying the Jets aren't a real contender, but a real Super Bowl contender. I want to see that against Buffalo. I want to see that against Philadelphia. I want to see how they do against those teams, rather than Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the New York Jets. My take right there on the Kansas City Chiefs. Last thing right here in the NFL. My New York football Giants. My favorite NFL team. 11 sacks. 11 sacks on Deion Jones. That's all I'm going to say. 11 sacks on Dion Jones. We'll break it down more later. Really rough game for the New York Giants. A lot of things are going into question right now. Up there in New York. Brian Dable. Deion Jones. Saquon Barkley. Evan Neal is horrible. Kayvon Tipado not playing great. A lot of questions going on right now in New York for the Giants. Jets too. But mostly the Giants, in my opinion. Let's switch over to the world's soccer to close out these headlines. Biggest thing in the soccer world right now was the World Cup for 2030 being announced today. And you know how we have it right now where it's all gonna be across North America in 2026, first time ever, where we have it really spread across the whole entire continent instead of one country. So it'll be in Mexico, Canada, and the USA. In 2030, we're gonna have it against three continents, everybody: Europe, South America, and Africa. Pretty interesting stuff right there. That's about my headlines. Leave your thoughts in the comments. now scored sports nfl game day everybody our picks haven't been great this year say it right there our picks have not been great so let's go for a perfect record this week let's kick it off right now scored sports nfl game day picking the top games in the nfl of the week bears versus commanders i'm gonna go with the commanders everybody i don't like this bears team at all they're 0-4 i remember this matchup distinctly vividly from last season thursday night football same week last year and the commanders pulled out a win and brian robinson's first nfl game this year it's gonna be the same result brian robinson's gonna play well sam howell's gonna play well this washington commanders team has grit they got last second touchdown last week against philadelphia eagles i thought they should have gone for two in the win they didn't do that they went to overtime and they lost in overtime against the best team in the nfl you can say. so i'm gonna go with the commanders over the worst team in the nfl and the chicago bears commanders over the bears next one jaguars versus bills I like what Trevor Lawrence has done so far, but the Bills are unstoppable. Let's go with the Bills over the Jaguars. The Giants versus Dolphins. I can't pick my New York Giants in this one. I just can't. 11 sacks is 11 sacks. Go up against the Dolphins defense. A Dolphins team that needs a win after a great win two weeks ago. A little depressing game last week. And now you need a big win. This is a good win for right here over the lousy New York Giants. Next game Saints versus Patriots. This is a mid matchup, you could say. I don't like what the Patriots have done this season. We stayed that earlier. The Saints didn't play well last week. He was injured. James Winston out one snap, snap through a 50 yard interception. So I'm going to go with the Patriots in this one over the Saints. They couldn't get much going with Alvin Kamara last week for the Saints. I think the Patriots, let's get some back on track. Maybe he give Zeke more carries. Maybe it's Ramondre Stevenson more carries. Maybe it's more throws with Mac Jones. I don't know what works for you right now. So let's just go with the Patriots over the Saints in this one. I really just like the Patriots over the Saints. Both these teams are not playoff material, in my opinion, but one of them's got to win. Let's go to the Patriots. Ravens versus the Steelers. I don't like what the Steelers have done this season. I don't think Matt Canada should be an offensive coordinator in the NFL, let alone a coach in the NFL. And for the Ravens, Todd Monk and their offensive coordinator, he's been rolling as late. They're 3-1. Let's go to the Ravens over Pittsburgh Steelers. Eagles versus Rams. I like the Eagles this one over the Los Angeles Rams. You want to know why? Puka Pukurikua has been great so far for Los Angeles Rams. He had his first career touchdown last week. Kind of shocking. He's been great so far, but hadn't had a touchdown yet. He finally got his first career touchdown in overtime to win it for the Rams. And now you get Cooper Cup back. But well, what happens? Because Matthew Stafford going to be targeting Matt, uh, Cooper Cup more or Puka Pukurikua more? A little more confusion going on in that Los Angeles Rams locker room on that field. Eagles are unstoppable. DeAndre Swift is great. I love Kenneth Gaywell, too, in that backfield. Jalen Hurts, Jason Kelsey leading this offensive line. They got... Weapons at receiver, they got weapons on defense, it's all led by Nick Sirianni, their head coach. So let's go with the Eagles over the Rams in this one. Jets versus Broncos. I really like the Broncos in this one. This was a matchup last year out in Denver, and the Broncos lost that one by about seven points. That's the game where Breeze Hall, Tory's ACL, CJ Mosley played really well in that one game. Again, ceiling interception. CJ Mosley is a little bit banged up right now. Jets, Zach Wilson played well last week doesn't carry that over this week let's go with the broncos improving to two and three they're gonna ride the momentum that they have right now with that one win broncos two and three chiefs versus vikings i like the chiefs in this one vikings are good it's gonna be a good game very close game compare almost the chiefs Lions game we had in week one but reverse i have the chiefs one this time chiefs over the vikings travis kelsey plays well maybe continues that taylor swift streak if she's gonna be out there in minnesota probably not but let's go with the chiefs over the vikings cowboys versus 49ers Matchup from last year's divisional playoff game. Both teams are really high on right now. But I'm the highest in San Francisco 49ers. I think they're my Super Bowl prediction. They are my Super Bowl prediction. i like the 49ers to win this one over the Dallas Cowboys. Packers versus Raiders. Packers are solid. Very solid. Jordan Love's been good at quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo's a little bit banged up. So on Monday Night Football, let's go with the Packers over the Raiders. I think Aaron Johnson's a bounce back game. After a rough game last week, A.J. Dillon gets more involved in this one. Christian Watson made his season debut last week and had a touchdown. He keeps that going. Packers over the Raiders. Close out our NFL slate for week five. Leave thoughts in the comments. Now, top five. This week's top five is the top five players in this year's MLB playoffs. Let's hop into it. Great playoffs we have this year. Let's do it. Number five, Bryce Harper. And I should have done this before we started the whole going into top five through one. I'm only going to put players on here who have playoff experience, who have proven that they're good in the playoffs, who have proven that they can win a World Series. Clayton Kershaw has not been good in the playoffs. Therefore, you are not on this list. Justin Verlander has been good in the playoffs, but he's not too high up on this list. He's not even on this list right now, actually. Justin Verlander did get cut from this list from the top five. Matt Olsen's not on here. No playoff experience. Spencer Strider's not on here. No playoff experience. Adley Rushman's not on here. Playoff experience. So let's hop into five through one, and I'll explain them. Number five, like I said... Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. The things he did last year in Philadelphia for the playoffs was amazing. Getting them that win, getting them that home run, to send them to the World Series. Getting them that series win over the Braves, send them to the Championship Series. Getting them that win over the Cardinals, send them into the Divisional Series. All that was great by Bryce Harper. That's the only time he's ever been in the playoffs. And got a win. So let's go with Bryce Harper at number 5. Not ready yet. Choked a little bit in the World Series, you could say. After that monster game 3, you could say, where they had all those home runs. But yeah, Bryce Harper. Number 5. Before... Corey Seager, and Corey Seager hasn't been in the playoffs since 2020, but he was great in the 2020 playoffs, in my opinion. National League Championship Series MVP, World Series MVP, for that reason, for the reason he's leading the Rangers right now. At the time of this recording, they're dominating the Rays, so yeah, they're going to win that game, move on to the next round of the playoffs. Corey Seager, four right now on this list. Number three, Freddie Freeman, Los Angeles Dodgers. Freddie Freeman has a World Series ring. Could be the best hitter in baseball, you could say, dying 331 on the season. So yeah, Freddie Freeman, number three, and no pitchers in this list. Let me stay right there. No pitchers in this list. Strictly hitters. Pitchers are too shaky. Justin Verlander, shaky in the World Series. Clayton Kershaw, shaky in the playoffs. Spencer Strider, shaky in the playoffs. So that's number three right there. Number two, his former team, their leader, Ronald Acuna Jr. at number two. Ronald Acuna Jr. could also be the best hitter in baseball. But what he also has is a threat in the bases. Fastest man you could say in baseball. He ran the bases so well. Ronald Acuña, number two. And number one, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts won the Dodgers World Series in 2020, led them to that World Series ring. I know he didn't win World Series MVP, but he did in 2019 the Boston Red Sox. So Mookie Betts, just amazing, everybody. That's top five MLB players in this year's playoffs. Leave your thoughts in the comments. Now, did you know this week's date You Know was it's a great one. Did you know the Los Angeles Angels the only team in MLB now to not lose 100 games in the season? It was the Angels and the Rockies, and so the Rockies ended up losing 100 games a season. Now the Angels are the only team in MLB to not lose 100 games in the season. Did you know that? Leave that in the comments. I actually didn't until I found this, did you know? Leave thoughts on that in the comments. Now, our spotlight for this week is on nobody else but the Colorado football, Buffaloes and Deion Sanders himself. Deion Sanders. had a plan coming to Colorado he said I'm not gonna make it about Colorado nobody's gonna care about Boulder nobody's gonna care about the old history that we have in Colorado they're gonna think about me Deion Sanders and that's exactly what's happened so far with Colorado football Deion Sanders has transcended that program bringing in over 50 players different players kicking out over 30 players that team and has on a little bit of a roll and starting to come down a little bit Start off in a great roll 3-0 because those three wins were expected over TCU who's been pretty terrible this season they're at two losses right now. Nebraska, they're at three losses right now. Colorado State, one of the worst teams in college football. Then you go up to Oregon, the big boys in Oregon, and you get clobbered up there. But it's all good because then you're playing USC next weekend at home. It's a great opportunity to get the publicity back if it's not gone yet. What happens? They go down about 30 points at one point in that game, and then they lose. 48-41. to 41. I said it would be a close shootout, and that's exactly what it was. It was a shootout. I wouldn't exactly say close, despite it being seven points. If you watch that game, you're saying, Colorado never had a chance. They never had the lead. They're coming from behind the whole game. They got a few lucky touchdowns at the end, because how terrible and abysmal USC's defense is. That's a conversation for another time. <clears throat> Alex Grinch needs to be fired. But Colorado, defense was horrible. Caleb Williams could have put up 70 if you wanted to. The defense is bad for USC. I'll give it to you. Shadur Sanders played very well. But I can score 30 points on this USC defense. I don't play football. Shadur Sanders played well in that one. Offense played well in that one. But still, defense not there yet. Offensive line definitely not there yet. Most sack quarterback in college football. Caleb Williams had all the time in the pocket. He could have filmed a commercial and came back with time he had in the pocket. Receivers were open for days. They could have ran to the mall and back. So yeah, Colorado football. Things to think about right here. How does their season go for the rest of the year? Because you got a few interesting games coming up. You're gonna play Arizona State this Saturday. I'll give you that win, because Arizona State might be the worst team in the Power 5. Then you play UCLA. Do you beat UCLA on the road in the Rose Bowl? Depends on how they play against Washington State, number 13 team in the country this week. But for Colorado football, what Dion has done in year one has been great in my opinion. And our expectations after going 3-0 and might have just been a little bit unexpected. Because some people are thinking, oh, Colorado football some of the casuals of the sport. I think Dion's done a great thing for college football. He's brought new fans into the sport but he's also kind of blindsided them, thinking that they're this amazing college football team, which they aren't. They're not Georgia. They're not Michigan. They're not Alabama. They're not going to be up there with Texas, Florida State, and they people. They're not going to be ranked again this season, in my opinion, at two losses, because you're not going to finish 10-2. You're not going to finish 9-3. You'll be lucky to go 8-4, and maybe not even 7-5. So Colorado football, pipe the brakes a little bit, which I've told you from the beginning. Interesting things coming up for Deion Sanders. I want to see how he gets his team to respond. That's about for the Spotlight this week. Now, around the bases, everybody, sadly, we'll last around the bases of the season. But we're going to be making our playoff predictions in this one. So let's start out with the AL. Who's going to come out of the American League? Right now, we've got Twins wildcard going on. I think they're going to win that series against Toronto Blue Jays. And then we've got Rangers versus Rays right now. Rangers are up 6-0 in the second game. I think they do end up winning that one. Going on to play the Orioles in that next series, which I think they do win. They win. The ALCS, and they end up making the World Series. This is a great squad. Marcus Simeon at second base was probably one of the best free agent pickups we've seen in years after it was doubted so heavily last season. Corey Seager, when he's on, he's great. Maybe one of the best players in baseball. When they had their really tough stretch, you could say from maybe mid-July to late August, that was because they were without Nathan Navaldi, they're without Corey Seager, or Alice Chapman, which was pitching great. Adolis Garcia was a bit banged up. Now they're back. Now they're fully healthy. Outside of Max Scherzer and Jacob Degrom, because that's a different story. I think those guys are just distractions, and that's coming from a Mets fan. That's not me being a Mets hater. That's just me being a reasonable baseball fan. Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom are distractions. Josh Strong at the hot plate, third base. He was out for a while. Now he's back, he's been great as a rookie. So this team, someone to look out for, Nathan Lavaldi can still pitch the ball 100 miles an hour, buddy. So yeah, I like the Rangers to come out of the American League. They'll beat down on the Astros in that ALCS. I think the Astros... Really kind of got lucky they won that division because the Rangers were so banged up because the Mariners had a tough streak going on at the end. But they really shouldn't have won that division. And it might have just been a great thing in disguise for Texas Rangers to lose that division because now you get to go up against inexperienced Baltimore Orioles in that next round. So yeah, it's exciting. Texas Rangers make it to the World Series. But can they win their first World Series ever? Just wait and see. Who do I have coming out of the National League, everybody? I have the Braves coming out of the National League. I like Spencer Strouder. Very good pitcher. But he can give up a lot of runs. You can say, oh, Penn State got 15 strikeouts, 10 strikeouts tonight. Oh, how many runs did he give up? Seven runs, five runs, four runs. That's not substantial playoff winning baseball. I think they beat down on the Dodgers, and this is the only reason why. Because they've got better pitching. You look at the Dodgers' rotation, it's not all up to par. Clayton Kershaw's not a good playoff pitcher. And the outside of that, no Julio Urias, no some of these other guys. Dodgers lacking that pitching they had a few years ago in that World Series run right now. So yeah, I don't have the Dodgers winning. If the Braves win the NL, Spencer Strider, good pitching rotation. Razzle Iglesias could shut down ninth inning if you want him to. And then the hitting. Ronald Acuna Jr., Matt Olsen, just unstoppable. So now we've got a World Series matchup. Rangers versus the Braves. Who's going to win MLB World Series this year? I'm going to surprise myself a little bit right here. I thought I was going to go into this, picking Atlanta Braves. But let's switch it up. Let's go with the Texas Rangers winning this year's World Series. How ironic would that be? For Max Scherzer and Jacob Bergam to be on this Texas Rangers team and not pitch a single moment for them in October baseball. Great for me as a Mets fan. Good parody for baseball. Texas Rangers get their first World Series ring ever. I'm staying on this right now. I'm excited to see what happens. Marcus Simeon, great player. Corey Seager, like I said, we see seen what we can do in the playoffs, winning Championship Series MVP and World Series MVP. The pitching is up there. Ronald Chapman can shut down 9th inning. This might not be a Rattles Chapman 2016 where he won the World Series with the Cubs, but it might be a Rattles Chapman 2023 where he can win the World Series with the Rangers and do something a little bit different, not blow that ninth inning like he did in the Cubs uniform a few years ago just then they'll win it without him. I think Rangers win this World Series. Let's go, Rangers. They bring it home, finally, to Texas for the first time ever. Texas Rangers, get a World Series. Still more to come on Square Sports, Lane Frank, episode 139. Stay tuned. Now, college ball showcase, everybody! What a great week of college football we had last week. Now we roll, college ball showcase. First part, I give you my top 25, when we break it down. And for the second part, I give you my six hot takes of the week. Let's hop into it. For one, new number one town, everybody. I had it originally beginning the season, Michigan, but I switched it to Georgia, and now we're going back to Michigan. I love my Michigan Wolverines. My favorite team in the world. My ride or die, my die-hard Michigan Wolverines. Michigan loses, I'm upset. Michigan wins. I'm the happiest person. So let's go with Michigan at number one. That's not me picking up my heart. That's me picking up my head. I think Michigan, really solid right now. They had a great win against Nebraska. I don't love what Georgia did against Auburn. So let's go with Michigan at number one. Number two, Georgia. I know you're playing at Auburn. I know you're playing at Auburn as the number one team where they've beaten the past four number ones to walk in there. That didn't happen this time. You escape with a 27-20 to victory, but barely. And this has been a reoccurring thing for Georgia to not play well on the road. Not play well, not even on the road. Just really not play well. In general, against good SEC teams like South Carolina, like Auburn, now you're going against undefeated Kentucky this week. We'll talk about that in the hot takes. But number two, Georgia. Number one was Michigan. Number three, Texas. I love what Texas has done so far, getting a 40 to 14 win, pulling away late against Kansas to get that 40 to 14 win. Four was Florida State. Five was Ohio State. Six was Washington. I saw my Saturday college ball hot takes that it would be a close game against Arizona, and it was. You only escaped with a seven-point victory. Washington's offense is great, but if that can go cold, what does the defense do for you? Not so much. Seven, Oregon. Eight, Penn State. Nine, USC. Talked about them earlier in that Caleb Williams. They have great offense. Not so much defense. That Washington or USC matchup, when it comes, could be about 50-50, to 60-60. No defense will be played in that one. That one's a toss-up with the way this USC offense has been this season. Best offense in college football. One of the worst defenses in the Power 5. USC number 9. 10, Alabama. 11, Notre Dame. They squeaked by Duke. I Estime had to get a late-game touchdown with 30 seconds left to win that one. Sam Hartman had to get that 4th and 16th scramble to win that for you right there. Notre Dame. 12, Oklahoma. Big matchup this week. Red River rivalry versus Texas. 13, Miami. 14, Ole Miss. Great upset win you had against LSU. 15, North Carolina. 16, Missouri. Missouri, solid, everybody. And now you're going up against LSU this week. 17, Washington State, 13 a people 17, in the scored sports poll. 18, Maryland, Maryland, unranked a people Definitely ranked in the scored sports poll. 5-0, they're on a the roll. 19, Duke, talked about that earlier. Tough loss out against Notre Dame. 20, Kentucky, big game against Georgia. 21, Louisville, undefeated. You're going up against Notre Dame this week. 22, Oregon State, DJ Wengale and company, Jonathan Smith. They got a top 10 win over Utah last week. 23, Tennessee. 24, Utah, 25, LSU, stay tuned for the hot takes. Now, the hot takes of the week, part two of this college football showcase. Let's hop into it. First game, LSU-Missouri. LSU-Missouri kind of brings back a little bad blood for me, in my opinion. And that's rude to 2020. I really saw that LSU football team with Ed Orgeron collapse. That is the day Ed Orgeron's LSU Tigers died. And the day maybe, someone like a Reed Gilbert, his career died. And I'll talk about that in a second. Because LSU coming off that 2019 season high, lose the season opener in Mississippi State. But hey, there's still hope of maybe, maybe a playoff run. It all died in that week three game against Missouri. Miles Brand didn't play well. That was a great one for a live drink. It's in his first year at Missouri. And that was the last time we saw Reed Gilbert catch a touchdown in a college football uniform. Reed Gilbert now at Nebraska got kicked out of Nebraska. Highest rated tight end ever coming out of high school. He's not in college football anymore. But in this game, besides all that, I think LSU wants revenge, but I don't think they get it. Jane Dales, great quarterback. Malik Damers, great wide receiver. I was kind of surprised they lost last week versus Ole Miss. But Ole Miss, also a great offense. You can go toe-for-toe toe with them right there. But a bad defense, but got to stop when they need to. Stop them. Late-game situation in the red zone. LSU's offense is great, but so is Missouri's Brady Cook. Most efficient quarterback in college football. Let's call him the Jared Goff college football. He's going to manage the game so well. They're not even gonna realize that he just broke the record most consecutive passes with that interception in the SEC. Brady Cook in Missouri. Let's go with the upset over LSU this week. Elijah Drake, I like Missouri. Let's go with this one right here over LSU. Alabama versus Texas A&M. Always a tricky matchup. Always this week, every season. Used to be an easy walk in the park for Alabama until Seth Small, little kicker from Texas A&M, changed that a few years ago. Win that game over them at home. This is their first time playing them at home since that game. Can we see something different happen? I don't think so. Not with Connor Wagman not being at quarterback with a broken foot. Max Johnson will be at quarterback, and he has done well against Alabama in his career. But let's go with Alabama edging out Texas A&M on the road. Next one, Kentucky versus Georgia. We've had a few wake-up calls for Georgia. None that have shocked them yet that making them say, hey, we need to change things around here for this season, or we're not going to win our last championship. I don't think that happens this week. I don't think they lose this week, but I think it'll be close. Devin Leary gunslinger, good quarterback. I think they're going to get close to Georgia. I want to see how he does against his Georgia defense because what it's been with Georgia is that other games have been very low scoring. Spencer Rattler 14 points, Peyton Thorne 20 points. Maybe Devin Leary, this is the guy could put 30 and 40 on you. So it's going to be close with Georgia. I want to see how Carson Beck reacts, but I think they react well. Georgia edges out Kentucky at home. Next one, in the big upset of the week, Notre Dame loses to Louisville. Louisville Jeff Braum, they've been rolling in his first year back in his alma mater. They've been playing great. Notre Dame really should have lost last week against Duke. I think they get revenge right here at Louisville for Duke. Louisville over Notre Dame. Louisville, great squad. They improved to 6-0. Not something I expected to see in year one under Jeff Braum, but Louisville gets a great win over Notre Dame. That running game in Louisville is great. Jack Plummer's been a good quarterback for them. Sorry, Notre Dame, but Louisville's just better. Let's go Louisville over Notre Dame. Washington State versus UCLA. We're going to learn a lot about these teams right here. Can Dante Moore be a sufficient Power five college ball quarterback in his freshman season. We're going to learn that right here. Can Washington State prove that they're a top 15 team in the country like they are in the A people? Cameron Ward, Jake Dickert, good coach. I know Pat McAfee's second here in their names. I'm not. I like Washington State winning this one at the Rose Bowl. It's going to be no fans, anyways. Washington State over UCLA. And the last one, the Red River rivalry, everybody. Oklahoma versus Texas. Oklahoma has been different this year. They won their first game of the season 73 nothing. They put up great numbers on offense, they put up great numbers on defense. Can that continue right here? I don't think so. I think it's a better Oklahoma team than last year, and the year before. But Texas is special this year, buddy. Jonathan Brooks has been a great running back. 500 yards in the season. Oklahoma's leading rusher only at 199 yards. Quinn Newers, 10 touchdowns, 1 interception. I know Dylan Gabriel's 15 touchdowns, but listen to me. Quinn Newers, Steve Sarkeesian, Jonathan Brooks, Xavier Worthy, this defense, they've got something to go on down there in Austin. Texas wins this one over Oklahoma, win the Red River rivalry for two years. In a row, that's part College Ball Showcase. Leave your thoughts in the comments. Now, at the buzzer, this week's at the buzzer is a little bit interesting. What if I told you there's an MLB team this season that had this year's Cy Young and then 325 home run hitters, second best team ERA and then a closer with a 1.16 ERA. Third highest war in the NL. And the third fewest errors in the NL. You'd say, that team's probably the B- LA Braves. That team's probably in the playoffs. That team's this. That team's the best team we've seen in years. It's a San Diego Padres. They didn't make the playoffs. They didn't even come close to making the playoffs, really. San Diego Padres were a disappointment. Because when you look at them on paper, like I just stayed out there, they seem like they're the best team in the MLB. Great team. Well, they aren't. Mike Snell only pitches one out of five days of the week. That's a sign Fernando Tatis Jr. didn't play great because he was suspended for the first month of the season. Juan Soto didn't play great. He was inefficient. Manny Machado, also inefficient. Josh Hader may have a great ERA, but you gotta him to safe situations for him to get that safe view, you, no matter what the ERA is. Third highest wins above replacement. Third fierce errors in that NL, so you can't blame it on that. So what went wrong for the San Diego Padres this year? Because they jumped so great off paper. I know it's not Bob Melvin's coaching because he's a great manager. So for the San Diego Padres, this is a team that can go from 0 to 100 next season. They had a bad year this year. But can they flip this and turn to 100 team next year? Because this is great off paper. They jump off paper. Can they be a World Series contender next year? They're my World Series pick preseason. And it kind of shows, because they're great off paper. But they're nothing when you watch them on the field. What comes down to is that they lost every extra inning game that they were in this season, their own lot, except one, and it was last week when they were already eliminated. That's bad for Out the Buzzer this week. Little San Diego Padres breakdown. Kind of confusing the way it all broke down for them this year. That's bad for Out the Buzzer. Now, the best for the last question day. this week's question is Who's the best fantasy football waiver wire pickup right now? I hate just Stroud as a Michigan fan, but as a football fan, he's fun to watch. I think CJ Stroud is the best fantasy football pickup for you right now. He's putting up 20 points in the average, it's been great. CJ Shroud, great fantasy football pickup. up CJ go pick him up in your fantasy leagues right now if you need a quarterback who is your favorite fantasy football waiver wire pickup right now leave that pick in the comments that's part the question this week that's part of Squared sport Sports Lane Frank episode 139 thank you for tuning in on the road follow Squared Sports on Instagram at Squared Sports follow Squared Sports on Twitter at Squared Sports don't forget to subscribe rate and review for the best sports content in the world we'll be back here next week in our regular Squared Sports Studios stay tuned